And Jesus said, But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, well, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, who is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not contemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. There you go. We're going to do it that way. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, As Pastor Jan mentioned, my name is Chris Odie, and I am the relatively new pastor at the Livingstones Prison Congregation. I'm debating with myself right now because I realize I left my folder right over there that has the uh, flyer and stuff, and meh. (laughs) If you, uh, at the end of worship, if you feel so inclined, you'll see a little display in the back which has that same flyer, has information about what we do at Living Stones. It is a congregation operated by, or I should say sponsored by, the Lutheran Church, especially the Lutheran congregations in southwestern Washington. It's a ministry that's been around since 2006, and, uh, and that is my call, is to serve inside the prison at the Washington Correction Center with the men there, and also to go out on the weekends, on Sundays and such, to go meet with other congregations, introduce people to this ministry, give them a chance to come out and worship inside with the men. Uh, I know St. Mark's has had groups go out before. Is anyone here? See? They came back. <laughs> so it's safe. There you go. You have evidence right before you. So I know that there will eventually be another group from here that will go out there, and I would recommend uh, considering doing that. It is a very special experience. Uh, There's also a sign-up for the newsletter out in the back as well. I promise you I'm not just going to plug Living Stones, but I did need to at least come up and tell you that. I also am feeling very aware right now that in the lead-up to this, uh, Pastor Jan reminded me that there are three services today, And so I need to be mindful of time, which is true, but you also need to remember that I spend a lot of time right now with former Baptists. (laughs) And so I am trying right now to hold all this in my head. I'm looking at that clock, and I'm just like, oh, don't go too long. So um, I'm just going to be up front with you. I'm a relatively informal person, and you're going to think I'm wandering verbally, but there will be a point. So stick with me. And it's going to come together. 
So as was mentioned, as I've said, as Pastor Jan said, I am the pastor at Living Stones, and I'll be honest with you, one year ago today, had we been sitting and talking together, I would not have had any idea that that is a place where I would find myself right now. I'd never considered prison ministry. It was not something that was in my heart. It was not something I had really deeply considered. And what actually happened was a friend of mine at the Senate office here in Tacoma, uh, Melanie uh, Walschleger, it's a fun word to spell, <laughs> got a call from my friend Melanie who said, hey, Chris, the position at Living Stones is open. I was hoping I could speak with you about it. And my first thought, I'll be honest with you, my very first thought when she said this was, I am not moving to Shelton. <laughs> No disrespect to Shelton, but I live up north of Seattle right now, and I'm like, I am entrenched. That is not happening. But then I had another thought, and you know what that thought was? You don't know. It's a rhetorical device. <laughs> the next thought that I had was this. I like Melanie, and we haven't caught up in quite a long time. And I bet if I go down to Tacoma and meet with her, not only will I get to catch up with my friend, she'll buy me a latte. And I am highly motivated by coffee. <laughs> True story. So I came down. We met. She did take me out for a latte. It was delicious. Little place in Fircrest. Forget the name, but I would recommend it if I did. <laughs> and we talked. And knowing that I would never accept this call, I listened to the conversation with her very politely. And by the end of the conversation, when she was asking if I would meet with the call committee, I, of course, said, yes, that sounds great which was not what I was supposed to be saying to her. But I thought to myself some more, this is okay, no big deal, I'll go out, it'll be fine. I met the committee, thinking to myself, I'll never accept this call. I was so determined not to take this call that when they offered to repay me for my mileage, I said no. Because then I would feel like I owed them something. So we had the interview, the conversation, they asked me if I would meet with the men, and of course, knowing that I would never serve in the prison, I immediately said, yes, that sounds great. So I went, and I went inside, and I went through the security process, and you know what happened? I fell in love. I did not see that coming at all. Someone did. <laughs> But I fell in love. I fell in love with that place, with, that, with those men, with that community that is there, with the guys who get together on a Saturday night to praise God in the middle of their incarceration out in Shelton. It was unlike anything that I had ever experienced before. And when I got out there, my original intention, the original plan, is that my job was to work with the men on a Saturday night and be around to back up the chaplain. I'm not the chaplain there. Okay? I'm a Lutheran pastor who serves with this congregation on a Saturday night, does stuff like this on a Sunday, but I'm not the chaplain there. However, soon after I arrived, the actual chaplain became very ill. He ended up being hospitalized several times, and eventually he ended up passing just last month. It was hard for everyone. And as time has progressed, as his illness progressed, as all of that was going on, I found myself being pulled more and more deeply into serving as an acting chaplain on site. And the role of a chaplain is different than the role of a pastor, because as the chaplain, I found myself becoming increasingly responsible as the acting chaplain. I am not the chaplain, let's clarify that. Is increasingly responsible for the faith needs of everyone in that facility, regardless of what their background is. 
not just the Christians, but the Wiccans, the Buddhists, the Muslims, the Jews. You following me? Give me the nod. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to amen, but give me the <laughs> nod. I need the nod. I know you're tracking me, and we can keep going. It's all good that way. And by and large, working with all those groups has been fine. There is one group, however, who I will be up front with you has been probably the most controversial to work with. The group goes by the name of Asatru. They are kind of a Norse pagan rebirth organization kicked up a few years back. And the reason for the controversy around them, to be perfectly upfront with you, is that there are strands of them that dabble in white supremacy. Now, I'll be honest with you, I am not a white supremacist. <laughs> and I was not too keen on the idea of being associated with a group that had any of that. And so I've spent a lot of time talking to these guys, listening to them, trying to understand where they were coming from, and trying to figure out, could I authentically minister with them? You following me? Give me the nod. Thank you. Well, as one of the groups on site... And again, I promise you, it's coming back to the gospel. You just bear with me. This is the 8.30 version. By 11, it's going to be quick. <laughs> well, just like any other group on site, every year, all of the different religious groups are able to have a special event on site where people from the outside, their families and friends, are able to come in and be with them for this special event that takes place in the visitor center. It's one of the only times during the year when the men are able to talk to other people's visitors. Typically when visitors come in, they're only able to be with that one person. Okay? So it's a big deal for the guys. Well, for the Asatra group, they have no sponsor, which means that typically the chaplain has been the one to sponsor their group. Okay? They don't have an outside volunteer who comes in and works with them. But here's the thing. I couldn't be there for their event last week. I couldn't be there because I was out in Issaquah preaching at a Lutheran church out there because that's what I do on Sundays because, again, I'm not the chaplain. <laughs> so we needed to get someone to come in and do that. See, so do you know what happened? Well, we found a sponsor. We found a volunteer who came in to be their sponsor for the day. You know who came in? A couple guys who work with me in Living Stones talked to their sponsor of another group they're involved, the Black Prisoners Caucus. <laughs> and sure enough, sure enough, that sponsor decided to come in on a Sunday, special, to help these guys out. Not only that, they ended up helping provide music for this event. It went very well, by and large. The guys who were there for this Asatru group were very responsive and very appreciative of the help that they had been offered. Now, I'll be honest with you, there's a part of me that balances between, was this a really nice thing to do, or was this just being a troll? I'm not quite sure here. But I think it was more the former. Because I know those guys, I know that sponsor, I know those individuals who are involved with the Black Prisoners Caucus, I know where their heart is. And I don't know about you, I know it's the quick and dirty version of this story, but I was shocked and impressed by the sort of grace 
that they were modeling by the decisions that they had made there. I was moved by their willingness to be supportive of an organization that may or may not, depending on who you talk to, be in deep conflict with them. Now, I was going to reread the Luke bit to you right here, but for time reasons and the fact that I don't have it in front of me, I won't. But at the same time, you've heard it before. Right? Oh, you got the nod that time. This is great. Mm -hmm. Seriously, if nothing else, Jan, when I leave, they will do that for you. <laughs> that is my promise to you. The promise of Christ, the promise that we have received in the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the promise of reconciliation. I mean, it's many things, but today we're going to talk about reconciliation. Is the promise of the possibility of moving beyond our broken human existence and finding ways to love and support one another. Just this past week, I saw an example of that in the prison that just stupefied me. You hear all the time in the news today of how fractured we are as a country, right? Really? I'm the only one who's heard that? <laughs> but the promise of Christ is that there is something more powerful than that. That God's love is capable of healing that. That God's love is capable of pushing us into situations, into relationships that we would not believe are possible. I never thought I would find myself working in a prison. Ever. I bless you. I don't know anything about, you know, street smarts. I'm a suburban kid from Auburn. I grew up on the Enumclaw Plateau. If you get me tired, I draw like nobody's business. How y'all doing today? <laughs> and yet somehow I have found a place with these men inside where not only have I had this experience of the gospel with them, but they have taught me something about God's love. They have taught me something about the presence of Christ in their lives that I don't honestly think I have seen so blatantly elsewhere. When we did our service for the chaplain after he passed, one of the most powerful things that I saw was watching a couple guys in the back. One gentleman was in tears about the passing of Chaplain Geringer. And the person who was next to him, consoling him, had his arm on his shoulder, was talking to him. And you know what was amazing to watch that happen? The gentleman who was crying was a Sereno, which if you don't know, is a gang from Southern California. The gentleman who was consoling him was an Orteno which you don't know is another gang that hates the two. They hate each other, those two groups. We're talking bloods and crips here. And yet, in the presence of Christ, in that service, in that moment of Christian fellowship, they were willing and capable and able to see the humanity in one another and to express their grief for this man who they loved. Serving at Livingstones has been an honor. It has been a challenge, and I am so grateful for the opportunity to do it. And I would encourage any and all of you, given the opportunity, to come out and try it. Come out and try worshiping inside. Come out and meet the men, listen to their stories, see their humanity, and just see the face of Christ made real each and every week. Let us pray.